0: This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff.
1: And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live.
0: We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues.
1: And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Well, Deanna, uh, as we sit down and and talk about The Analysis today and and think about uh, faith and culture, There was an article uh, recently out of the Barna Group related to uh, millennials and evangelism. And uh, the premise of the article uh, coming out of the statistical research they had done is almost half of practicing Christian millennials say evangelism is wrong. And, uh, of course, the millennial terminology related to generational groups. And so they just kind of did research from the elder generation up through the millennial generation and looked at kind of the evangelical trends the evangelism trends specifically the sharing of faith uh, among the generations and how important it was to each generation how important they think it is right now and the the interesting side of this article is um, the millennial generation uh, almost half are are not practicing evangelism or really not even not practicing it. They view it as wrong even though they're prepared. They feel prepared to share. They know what the gospel is. Uh, They know what they believe. Um, They feel like they have the knowledge uh, available to them to uh, dialogue or even argue over spiritual matters, Christian things they just view it as wrong to impress those upon other people, almost half. How's that gonna affect the future of the evangelical church as we think about that kind of thinking uh, among such a large generation of people?
0: Yeah, I think if we look at it in terms of how it's gonna affect the church, we're considering whether or not their impact and their influence and their ideas are gonna have a greater degree and measurement on our culture, then actually the words of Scripture within the church. And this really gives an indication that there are two things going on here, The culture has highly impacted the ideas of mm-hmm. our young people, mm-hmm. saying it can be true for you, it can be true for me, everything is relative, yeah. there isn't any necessary standard. and. So in the end, it'll all kind of work out. You yeah. kind of hear that in the backdrop of that. But also you see this huge misunderstanding of what is a disciple and does that originate with God's word mm. in in light of Christianity? Yeah. Does that originate with God's word or is that something that we can take on and just make our own roles for? Yeah. And that's really what's happening with people in our society yeah. they have a thought or a thinking and they compare it with what they feel or what they want and instead of yeah taking it back to scripture and saying is that what the word of god is telling us as a disciple
1: yeah yeah the uh, the the relative idea that you're striking on it it just made me think about you know, there's, there's a strong press for kindness and, and there should be kindness for people but so often kindness ends up being um, in no way can I bring offense to you and, and the carrying of the gospel is an automatic offense uh, Jesus said I didn't come to bring peace but a sword and not because he wanted violence but because he understood that the gospel of the kingdom is revolutionary there's a kingdom in place that has a ruler that is the enemy, and when Jesus came and and repronounced the kingdom of God has come, you've got you've got kingdoms at war, and um, the idea of needing to be kind and tolerant toward others, uh, we we don't want to do anything that will turn somebody off. We don't want to do anything that will bring offense because the relationship is so critical, and sometimes we just forget that. We're commanded to bring the gospel, and the gospel's going to bring offense. That doesn't mean I have to be unkind, mm. but I do have to bring, I do have to bring the message of hope and, and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the only real kindness yeah. that exists is to bring them a, a hope that's an eternal hope. Um, but I, I think that you're talking about the worldview gets penetrated into, the, into that culture. And and it just seeps in to the point that, well, I don't want to be unkind to you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go with what you're thinking and the way you feel. If you ask me questions about my faith, I have the answers to respond. Mm-hmm. But it, it's wrong for me to just be coming at you with the gospel.
0: Yeah, and it's short sighted. It's temporal. Mm-hmm. in its thinking because they don't want to offend them right at this moment but for eternity they're okay with them being separated from god yeah. if if you are a true believer and you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, you've renounced your sin, and you've taken up your cross, and you desire to follow him, then you begin to read God's word that is the revelation of who he is. And what does he say? Things like Matthew 28, go into all the world, take Take the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. He's saying it, take it to all mankind. Why? So that they may know me. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And why is he saying that? Because he knows that this life is not all there is. That this is a battle for eternity. And so we have to communicate and help people understand and see. I understand that in this one conversation, you may think, well, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be offensive. But in reality, we don't want to be short sighted in thinking this is the only conversation that this person is having. This person is going to be standing at judgment one day. Yeah. And there's going to be an eternal matter here. Yeah. So are we more concerned about what man thinks of us, or are we more concerned about what God thinks of us? Yeah. And we have really gotten ourselves into a position to say, I'm more concerned about what man thinks about me at this moment, yeah. instead of what God thinks of me eternally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, especially among young evangelicals, that they, they want to paint the picture of, of Jesus. In his kindness towards sinners, mm-hmm. and and that's definitely true. He would eat with sinners. He would go to sinners' homes. Uh, at the same time, uh, we need to remember that Jesus came with a confrontational gospel in those settings, um, not out of mean spiritedness. But a Canaanite woman came to you know Jesus, and he called her a dog, um, because that was the way culture viewed. And so, he, like he uses that that kind of very negative derogatory term to to just speak to her and and reveal the shame really of her condition and and, and then in that moment, say the gospel is yours you you're coming at, you're coming begging for the, the Israelites, the Pharisees weren't, but you're coming for that but but he used a statement that would have been strongly offensive. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we don't give the scraps to the dogs, you know she's saying, but I want it, I want it, I understand I'm a dog, I understand my status, but I, I want it. You think about the woman at the well
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and she's coming at midday to to avoid her shame. she doesn't you, and what does Jesus do? He points out her shame he starts talking to her and she's extremely uncomfortable and he he eventually just reveals you're not with your husband now you've been with multiple men uh, don't you want something more than this you know he he wasn't afraid to to go ahead in 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 a kind heart to speak to these people right where they were and to expose their true need for the gospel and and that's what you're talking about and do we understand what real discipleship is
0: yeah. And even in Timothy, we can see that the scriptures are useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, mm-hmm. and training in righteousness. And it's interesting because you gave those examples. If you go back and look at the Old Testament, Yahweh, when he encounters you know people and other cultures, he, he doesn't say, hey, you know what? It's okay if you go ahead and serve your God, Bell. It's all right. Yeah. Even though he's a different name, you know what, you're really still serving me. Yeah. He doesn't do that in the Old Testament. He doesn't embrace this idea of pluralism where all ideas are equally true and equally right. valid or universalism where everything is going to lead back to Him. He doesn't. He is very very distinguished in who He is. Mm-hmm. And He says there's one Lord, there's one Savior, there's one God. And you and you can't serve everybody else and me, right? Have no yeah. other gods before me. And then Jesus comes and and he says, "What well, I am the way. I am the truth. And then you have Paul who's saying, I brought to you as of first importance in the gospel. And so you have this clear picture where they're speaking the truth to people. And why is that? Because they see that there's an eternal matter and they desire that that mankind would be saved. Mm. And what do we see in the New Testament? For God so loved the world, right? Yeah. And and he wishes that none would perish. Now working that out with other theological matters, I understand that's there. That's not the issue for today. Right. But w- we're just looking at what do the scriptures say? Yeah. And there is this desire that mankind would be saved and that we would not spend eternity apart from God. Yeah. And we are the people that He has given the command, go and make disciples. Yeah. And we're, we're failing in the command to follow God if we're not doing it.
1: Yeah. And discipleship is a word that we use really frequently and isn't used so frequently by Scripture. Uh, when Scripture talks about the followers of Jesus, that's what they are—they're followers. They're witnesses. I, witnesses is probably the, the stronger, more normal New Testament word. And 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 we rightly emphasize we need to be making disciples, not just getting converts. Um, but in in some ways, a disciple is kind of clean and neat and tidy and intelligent and. Right, but a witness is, is something totally. A, a witness sometimes is maniacal about what they've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, you you think about somebody that uh, ob- observes the biggest comeback in some sports game, and what are they going to do all the next day? I was there, I saw it. Did you see this happen? It was unbelievable. Right, uh, a, a, a disciple might be able to give you all the statistics of that game. <laughs> yes. Right, you know. I, I, oh, I was there too, and this player had this many points, and this player did this thing. And, but the person that's eat up with it has a different take. And and we need, we need to be witnesses of what the gospel has done everywhere we go.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it reminds me of the man who was in the cave, and he was cutting himself, and, mm. you know, Jesus is coming upon the scene, and... Jesus removes the demons from him, right? Yeah. And then he's setting up right and he tells Jesus, he says, Jesus, I want to go with you, right? Yeah, Yeah. And Jesus says, Know what I want you to do is I want you to go back, and I want you to tell your family what God has done for you. Yeah. And so God changes our mm-hmm. lives, and then we're going to just do nothing with it. Right. I mean, He gives us new life, new hope. He allows the Holy Spirit to lead us in all truth for the fruit of the Spirit, spirit to grow in love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, to transform the mind through God's Word. And we're going to say nothing about that. Right. That just seems ludicrous.
1: Yeah. Well, um, the the reality is this that um, we've been given the command to to go and take that news and make disciples of all nations, which means we've got to bear witness to the life transforming power of the gospel in us. And and in and in all who've encountered Jesus, and we've got to go and be that witness. And uh, going back to the article, the the statement that was most chilling to me was, uh, "We're ready, not willing." And mm-hmm. we've got to be both. It's got to be head and heart.
0: And remember what Jesus said. He said, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." Yeah. Pray for the workers. Yeah. So we want to be workers, we want to pray for the workers to come into the field because people apparently are ready for God to speak to. He wants to do that through us.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. Ready and willing, that's our goal and the way we do that is be with the body of believers in your local church uh, this coming Lord's Day, Uh, be under the teaching of God's Word, let it impact and penetrate your life and then go be a witness at Home, Work, and Church. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.